fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Is it really that time already? Holy cow. Today's flown right on by. It's been one of those days where it's been extremely busy. You feel kind of productive, but not sure if you got everything done that you needed to. And there it is, towards the end of the day. Everybody heading home, hopefully, or if you're heading to work, then I and I don't envy you at all. And good luck to you going into an afternoon shift. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us on the program today. We have a lot to get to. I'm going to try and cram through as much of it as we possibly can. If you are watching our video feed, which we have all over right now, we you can see here are my notes for the show today. It's actually more than what I usually write down because there's a lot of things I wanted to try and get to today. Although, as you can see, it's not like any type of script in any way, shape, or form. I have my bullet points. I know the points that I want to hit, and then we'll just figure out how to get there as we go along. Some people say that's ill-preparedness or laziness, but I cannot read scripts. And I call that um, awesome because you don't have to read a script to know what the heck you're thinking about and what you're feeling inside that we try to portray here on the show. Welcome in. Lots to get to. Uh, Mark Mix, he is the president for the National Right to Work Committee. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hours. We love chatting with him. He's a great guest. We've had him on many times to talk about the economy. We'll talk about the labor shortage. We'll talk about how D.C. is handling some of this. We'll talk about some of the social programs and a heck of a lot more. So, uh, oh, by the way, the unions. I always love to poke fun at as well the DNC, the Democrat National Committee. They have unionized themselves as well. They are such in a bad situation as a Democrat party. They had to unionize their own political action uh, committee because they aren't getting along with one another. They are crumbling from within. So their hope is to use their own ideology within their own committee as the Democrat National Committee to unionize themselves and hope that that's going to save the party. I find that comical. I find it hilarious. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the bottom of the hour. Speaking of Democrats that are just kind of crumbling and falling apart right now, we have a very desperate attempt. Now, we'll talk about the long-term effects. And there's a reason Democrats are doing this in the long-term goal right now. But they're desperate to do something about stopping the momentum of Republicans. There is a poll right now. There is a major swing nationally going towards Republican support and losing Democrat support. Obviously, Joe Biden, you've heard it from all the other national shows. We don't need to reiterate and just, you know, beat the dead horse here. But Joe Biden is massively tanking in the polls. Kamala Harris is even worse in the polls as she's trying to rebrand her image and it's failing miserably. Uh, The Democrat Party as a whole not doing well right now. Now, when you asked about it, uh, ask them about it back in November, they said, well, it's because that we're just not getting our agenda done fast enough. If we really got all of our agenda implemented the way that we wanted to, people would love us. We'd be handing out free money left and right. We'd be increasing these social programs. We'd be doing this whole Green New Deal reinvestment in the country, repaving all these new highways, rebuilding all these new buildings. It'd be great. Money? (laughs) We don't know what that is. We just print it and just do our thing. And they don't recognize that it's an unpopular agenda. 
They really that's why it's kind of like that guy at a party when you go to a friend's house or you just go to a, like a gr- big grouping that person that really really truly thinks they're funny and they crack a joke and no one's laughing so they think in their mind that they're so funny that the joke went over the people's head so instead of just letting it go and stopping they try to explain the joke and try and make it funny because they really truly honestly think that they're that funny you ever had one of those people You ever know one of those people? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's just one of those neighbors, or maybe it's just someone that you meet along the street. They truly, honestly, deep down in their soul, think that they are the funniest person in the world, and their jokes aren't funny, so they have to explain it all. It's kind of entertaining because it's almost awkward. That's the state of the Democrat Party right now. We have rejected the socialist expansion of this nation. We have rejected the expansion of the social programs in the nation. We have rejected their universal basic income in this nation. We are getting ever increasingly furious about their illegal immigration issue that continues to be at the border that the media refuses to cover, so that way we don't get even angrier. And they realize that they're losing on Every single policy issue they have tried to implement, so they try to focus on the voting issue, so that way we can say they're trying to preserve people's voting rights when people, again, recognize that's not the case, so they try to suppress the voting because they don't want Republicans to win in the midterm elections coming up in 10 months from now, and that we take over the House, we take over the Senate, and we just make Joe Biden a stagnant president for the next two years, and then continuously make him unpopular. They don't know how to change the tide. They had one year, and they've already bombed it. They had one year to turn things around after – you would think, again, that with Donald Trump being so unpopular, quote-unquote, in the nation, that they would have had a nice, easy ride for the last year. You don't do a whole lot, repeal a few of his executive orders, you pass one or two pieces of legislation, and then you just let things ride. Most politicians do that. They just, oh, hey, the bad guy, the the previous administration screwed it all up. We're going to fix it. They do a couple of things, and then they ride through it and coast and be like, wow, look at that. We've repealed it. People love us for just being here. That doesn't work anymore. Every time Hillary Clinton tried to come up and pop her head up out of the dirt, everybody hated her, and her poll ratings went down, and she went back down in because her poll ratings actually and approval ratings went higher when we didn't hear a word from her. Hillary? Oh, yeah. That's right. She wasn't that bad. It was okay. We haven't heard from her in years. I wonder what she's up to. She comes into the media. Ah, yeah, really? That's what we were like kind of sort of agreeing with and liking? What the hell's wrong with us? (laughs) Joe Biden's kind of the same way, apparently. But they're so desperate, they have to ram through this voting bill in the Senate, and it's not going to go anywhere. They didn't get the filibuster, so they're trying to just put it on the Senate floor And they know they don't have the numbers. That just doesn't make any sense for some. Well, let's just look at the facts. The Democrats in New York State, a three to one Democrat state by a statewide referendum voted down same day registration and automatic registration. So that tells you where the Democrats are, which is bewildering why Chuck Schumer is going to particularly get up today and and deliver a failure to the Democrats. Let's look at what this is honestly. The Democrats are talking about voter suppression. They need to enact those uh, policies that you just showed, getting rid of voter ID, which, by the way, you know, I just had to show my vaccine, uh, you know, proof of my vaccine and a a picture voter ID to get into a restaurant in uh, D.C. last night. But I have but I can't do that when I go to vote uh, for something as important as as sacred as it is. and, And listen to the Democrats. They acknowledge that it is the profound act of of self-governance is to vote. So, you know, the Democrats are just doing all of this because their policies are failing. People realize it. And the only way they're going to take over 
is going to be changing the rules, our election rules, and uh, put them in charge because their policies are failing and people are moving to the Republican Party or to support Republican candidates in a larger margin than we've seen in decades. So that was Congresswoman Claudia Tenney on Newsmax just earlier today as she was talking about this bill where they're putting it up. They're putting it on the floor. They don't have the numbers for it. They don't have the filibuster repealed to where they could do it in a simple majority. They don't have enough votes to get rid of the filibuster because they realize how damaging that could potentially be. So it's a lost cause, but they're putting it on the Senate floor. So my next big question is, why are they putting it on the Senate floor? Well, there's a very easy answer for that right now. Is number one, yes, it's shaming them in the short term because this is bill number two in the last two months where they failed miserably. One is the Build Back Better plan where they did get the filibuster repealed temporarily to vote on that bill, and they still couldn't do it, which they're still trying to uh, ram through right now and still talking to Joe Manchin about. But number two, they're losing this one as well for two months in a row. They're 0 for 2 on major bills that they actually want to get done. So why are they putting this up there? They're willing to take the immediate damage hit by missing another bill for the potential long-term gain that they could see going into the midterm elections. Because what are the Democrats crafting right now? They have zero policy that's actually able to be hyped up of, we've done this, we've uh, we've been able to do this, we, or we're proud of our record, we're proud of what we've done to fix the economy, or fix COVID, or fix inflation, or fix the uh, supply chain issues, or fix immigration, or fix it. They have nothing to run on right now for the midterm elections. This is going to be their issue, is voting. They're going to scare the American public to death, literally. They're going to scare them with fear tactics for the next 10 months about how this next election is going to be run by Republicans because we've uh, infringed upon people's voting rights, we've suppressed voting across the nation, and we have uh, fine-tuned it to be favorable to Republicans in the next election. And then they can say, well, the election was rigged, the election was false, just like what Donald Trump said back then, just like what Democrats said about Al Gore and George Bush back then. It's ongoing that Republicans don't have support, even though the polls show it right now, at least at this point in time, that they don't have the actual numbers. They don't have that actual support. They've just suppressed enough votes to make sure that they get the majorities again. They're setting up for a scandalous November of 2022, and we have to be prepared for this. It's going to hype up the Democrats to be more energetically charged, say we need to get this done, so we have to win in November. And if they don't win in November, then they have a scapegoat to say that the policies of Republicans and conservatives aren't really that popular. It's just because we didn't have everybody show up and actually turn out to vote. Now, when we ask for examples of when people weren't able to turn out to vote, they can't give any because everybody that wants to vote can vote as long as you properly identify yourself, which I, <laughs> I, know, I know it's a triggering thing. I know it's a very triggering moment, but you have to just at least prove that you are who you are. You have to do that when you do anything in life. So why would voting be any different? They want this to be their main issue. They can't run on economics. They can't run on immigration. They can't run on COVID. They can't run on any other major topical issue. The only thing they have is voting. So they can play the victim like Democrats do oh so well. I'm a victim of society. I'm a victim of the higher-ups. I'm a victim of the corporation. I'm a victim of whatever. I'm a victim of identity politics. I'm a victim of whatever. I, I can't get ahead in life because I'm a victim. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the Democrat Party itself, the actual entity of the Democrat Party in the United States, is now playing the same thing that they've tried to tell the people in the country to do. And you can see how well it's actually working for them. It's failing miserably. They're a victim, 
and they've had to unionize within their own party because they don't like their own party in the direction it's actually heading. With Joe Biden's lack of popularity right now, the only thing they can do is steer away from Joe Biden and focus on the outliers that are actually making it difficult for them, like Joe Manchin. If Joe Manchin would just get on board and vote for the filibuster repeal, then we would be able to ram this through because it's really important. Then if Republicans do get the majority, we put the filibuster back in place. They can't do anything. Ha <laughs> it's for the people. I love the games they like to play. There was a headline from Newsmax that Democrats target Joe Manchin in over 700 Facebook and Instagram paid-for ads with different organizations, different people, different committees, different groups that are going after Joe Manchin. And I say kudos to him. I don't always agree with his policy, but obviously he stands on principle. He realized that he's in a very purple district and that he's trying to take the heat and survive as long as he can. The big question is how long can he survive? He's got 10 months. Can he do it? I don't know if he can do it for that full 10 months because they're going to be harping on him nonstop. He is the outlier disrupting the entire system right now for the Democrat Party, and they don't like outliers. Have you seen Nancy Pelosi give the dirty look to AOC and those during like the State of the Union speeches, during other things? Which, by the way, we're getting towards the end of January. Have we heard any news about a State of the Union from Joe Biden? I know he has a hard time standing up and speaking for that long. I know he has a hard time actually being coherent. But I would like to see a State of the Union and see where they're actually trying to play this game on how well things are doing. Because right now, they got nothing. Can we please see a State of the Union for 200, please, Joe Biden? No, no, no. Joe Manchin, you're an evil traitor to the Democrat Party. You're not getting in line, getting your marching orders from Nancy Pelosi, not just going along to get along. You're thinking for yourself, and that's dangerous for the party. You, my friend, need to be eliminated, according to the Democrats. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great 
great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Can I be straight up honest with you? Just you and me, chit in the chat, nobody else. Just our little secret, you and me. Everybody listening to this program, you know, you are, you're, you're family, so I'm going to open up to you here. i got to be honest, we're in a really good position right now for Republicans going into a midterm election. The Democrats are complete, you know, just in chaos right now. They're shooting themselves in the foot. We don't even have to do anything. They're just pushing the envelope so far. Even their own party isn't fully on board with it, which is making it dangerous for them to try and continue to promote this. The poll numbers are down for Biden for the entire Democrat party. There's a swing going on for the Republicans right now. My next big question that it is with all this going on that is very encouraging. But my next big question is, is how can Republicans screw it up? (laughs) Let's be honest. Every time Republicans have had a great opportunity like this, we've had the establishment uh, Republicans come in, take hold of the party, do something really stupid, not repeal the Democrat policies that got them into power in the first place because we were so upset, and then we end up getting angry. We lose the majority because people don't want to vote for those Republicans any longer, and then it takes us a while to rebuild it, while at the same time, Democrats get back into power and just inch that little nice little platform of where they start off with their new starting point, their new socialist agenda, their new socialist policies. They just inch that up little by little by little by little because when we get the opportunity to actually do something well, we end up screwing it up. There's some good news on that front, though. Ronna McDaniel, she's the head of the GOP, the Republican National uh, Convention, or the committee. She is uh, trying to change some of the laws going into the debates, especially presidential debates for the next 2024 election, where she does not want to work with the presidential uh, debate commission because she says that they are too biased. And she's got a lot of heat for it, but she says it's a good thing as they're looking for alternative options right now. It's just been a history of the CPD allowing moderators to roll over Republican candidates. Let's go back to Candy Crowley when she interjected herself in the 2012 Debates. So the RNC went to the CPD and said, we need guarantees for our voters, for the American people, for the 74 million Republicans, that you're not going to pick biased moderators, that you're going to let us have a voice in that, that you're not going to have a debate start after 26 states had started voting, which is what happened in 2020. And they told the RNC, we don't work with you. We don't care what the Republican National Committee says. And so we're taking this step so that we can find a venue and a forum that is fair, and we can start that process now. Again, that audio from Newsmax with Ronald McDaniel with the GOP, uh, it makes sense. We're done with dealing with their same old rules and playing by their rules when they make the rules so biased against us that it makes it very disastrous. So we're trying to work on things, but she's getting heat again even from Republicans. Mitt Romney, one of them. Well, they're changing all these debate rules, and we should have, a, you know, there was another rule they were coming out with trying to uh, simplify the number of candidates that could be up on a stage. And Mitt Romney, of course, has to open up his big mouth as the fake Republican that he is. Well, any Republican should be able to go up there because we like different ideas, and we like our big umbrella, and we like to be able to contrast and, and just spar against each other, which I agree. But on a presidential debate stage, can, can you be honest with me? Seriously? The last presidential election in 2016, when when Donald Trump got into office, I guess 2015, when we had 11 candidates up there, a little excessive, just a little bit. 
Can we at least narrow it down to like the top five candidates that have approval ratings or that are at least polling something to where not just anybody can go up there and then you get a 45 second to one minute response on an issue? I want an actual debate where we can talk about things legitimately in a way that's a little bit more detailed because Republicans are go a little bit detailed under the skin, unveiling those layers of the onion a little bit better than what Democrats do. And we do have a plethora of ideas. But no matter every step we take in a conservative manner to actually be productive, there is a sect of the Republican Party that screws it up. Donald Trump had the perfect timing for the first two years in office to get something done. And we had Mitt Romney. We had John McCain. We had Jeff Flake. We had Ben Sass. We had Lisa Murkowski. We had Susan Collins. We had Republicans that stopped him dead in his tracks. We didn't have enough numbers to do what we needed to do. We had the perfect opportunity. Republicans did it. So now that we have momentum, we're focused on the failures of the Democrats. The big question is, what are Republicans going to do to screw this up? And I'm worried about that for the next 10 months because there's plenty of time and opportunity, isn't there? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I want to clarify something before we kind of move on here, that last segment on what will Republicans do to screw up our opportunity. I really hope that's not the case, but history says that we've done our fair share of beating ourselves up. Now, I'm all about challenging our own ideas. I'm all about trying to expand the umbrella because that's what we do. We're conservatives. We don't fall in line. We don't do the groupthink mentality. We don't get our marching orders. That's why they're so angry at Joe Manchin right now. That's why they're so angry. We actually think for ourselves as individual sovereign human beings. That's why Republicans do really well. As you move further down into the you know more uh, intense political ideologies, let's say libertarians, for example, that's why they're not going to win anywhere. They're not going to win on a grand national basis. They're not going to do well nationally as a third party because they are so individualized that they can't come together as, as even as a partial collective with some you know idea. There's so many different ideas within the libertarian party as well that unfortunately it's not going to do well and i love libertarians i'm part libertarian myself that's why i say come back to the republican party work with us as conservatives work together ideologically to weed out the the moderate republicans that have destroyed the republican party and that screw up the opportunities that we get 
Right now with the Gallup polls, the preference has shifted from nine point with a Democrat advantage to a five point GOP advantage going 10 months into election time. That's awesome. That's great. We need to keep up the momentum. We need to expose the lies that they're doing. We need to expose the tyrannical policies that they're trying to promote. And we need to expose their failed policies that they're still not able to complete. They're 0-2 for the last two months. Just throwing it out there. Build back better plan and now the voting bill. Yeah, 0 for 2. Not getting anywhere. But they're using those as the platform for the election of, hey, we didn't get them through. We need we need to get rid of Republicans so we can ram them through. And if we don't and Republicans do get the the majorities in the House and the Senate, well, then it was just you know a voting issue because they suppressed votes uh, because we weren't able to pass the voting rights bill. It's typical games that the Democrats play, and it's very frustrating. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk to our next guest. Super excited and happy to get this guy back on the program. What's trending today? We've had him on many times before. Is the president of the National Right to Work Committee as we try and you know get the economy back on track. Uh, but super happy to have back on here the man himself, Mr. Mark Mix with us. Mark, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine, Andy, and I'll just say it. We're not in Kansas anymore. I'll tell you what. It's so crazy um, in Washington, D.C., on the West Coast, on the Left Coast, on the East Coast, uh, the North border, the Southern border. There's so much news breaking everywhere, and uh, yeah. It's, um, it's madness all over the place. Yeah. Happy New Year to you, by the way. Happy yeah. New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. It's great to talk. You're one of my favorite guests to get on the show. I love talking to you because it, it, economic issues are always fun to talk about for me personally anyways, and you kind of have that scoop based on jobs. And, and I, I do got to pick your brain, though, because I haven't had a chance to talk to you since I saw the headline that the Democrat National Committee itself, the DNC, is now unionizing. And I find that absolutely hysterical. Yeah, that's right. That was a big announcement that they had unionized the uh, Democratic National Committee. The employees there have unionized. So the good news is is that probably that means the only eight-hour shifts during the last three months of the election. Um, and so I don't know. We'll see. I, I bet there'll be a bunch of unfair labor practice charges. Remember, uh, there's not uh, there's a little bit of history. Barry Barry or excuse me, Bernie Sanders. Excuse me, not Barry. Bernie Sanders uh, immediately recognized a union for his employees in his presidential campaign, and they immediately filed an unfair labor practice charge against him. So we'll see how it works out. You know, these guys spout this stuff off, but when they have to live it in real life and live under the power of the national labor policy in this country, uh, sometimes they reject it. It was George McGovern who ran, you know, trying to repeal all the right-to-work laws when finally, in a moment of great candor, when he ended his own small business, said, boy... I can't believe that I was pushing for legislation like I was now that I own a business and run a business. It, uh, it's kind of an awakening a moment for folks, and I think the DNC may experience that too. I, I have to agree. I think that this is a desperate attempt for them as they try to live by their own policies and it's going to start failing miserably, and they start to realize how unpopular and how bad those policies actually are. Like you said, when it comes to election time and they're working beyond those eight-hour days or those 40-hour weeks, then it's going to be really funny to see what actually happens here. But now that we're trying to get this economy back on track and we have – you know, the COVID mandates that got shot down from OSHA with the Supreme Court. We're trying to get business actually to operate functionally again. We're trying to get the supply chain actually fixed again, which is, I think, largely in part just telling ships they can't dock and then saying, oh, no, like you guys are just buying too much. I find that all interesting. But are we back on track and our businesses slowly getting back to where we were pre-COVID? Well, I 
I think there's some of that, but you're right. You you mentioned the supply chain. I mean, before small businesses in Main Street can get back to normal, they have to get product to put on the shelves. And and I think that COVID that COVID related quote, you know, we're buying too much response by the White House, and somehow the Secretary of Transportation saying that you know all is solved, we saved Christmas, is really whistling past the graveyard when it comes to the problem that's still out there. I mean, when we entered January of this year, Andy, there were more ships waiting outside the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, where 40% of all the imports coming to the United States come through those two ports. And basically all they did was they said, okay, we're only going to allow a certain amount to anchor right outside the ports so it doesn't look nearly as bad. They're going to, to your point, they're going to shift a whole bunch of ships out 50 miles and make them stay in motion so they don't, they're not counted as you know ships at anchor waiting to be unloaded. But somebody else actually counts it, and there were 105 ships more than ever, than anything, than any time in the COVID of, of container ships sitting out there. And a lot of ships are starting to come through the canal, up the East Coast, into the Gulf of Mexico, and there's starting to be some backups at East Coast ports now. So we're not anywhere near through this, and the notion that you know Joe Biden went out there and, well, I don't think he went out there, but he, he said he got stakeholders on the phone at his uh, makeshift uh, st- uh, you know studio in the White House and, and got stakeholders to say, yeah, we'll make them work 24-7. That is just pure propaganda. It's not working that way. They know it. The American public ought to pay attention to it. I think they're beginning to realize it, too, as inflation hits the grocery stores and and the cost of just about everything and finding things is even as hard, harder now than it was. So, you know, I think small businesses are recovering in the sense that, you know, I think some of the COVID regulations are being loosened, although here in D.C. and a few other places is getting more strident. But I think that's going to happen. But the supply chain issue is not over. And I think it's going to take some time on that on that front. Yeah, it is going to take some time on that one. Uh, when it comes to the actual workers and now that we see, you know, for the first time, Mark, in years, I guess, ever really, now we're doing monthly reports on how many people are quitting their jobs. And we're seeing, you know, millions of people quitting their jobs. They say it's because while there's a wage war, people are getting better opportunities. And I think that may be part of it. I think part of it was also some of the COVID vaccines where people are just sick and tired of that as well. But it's another reporting number with the unemployment rates, with the new job growth, and now with people actually quitting their jobs. Is this an opportunity, do you think, for Democrats that they're trying to push for more unionized jobs? Because while so many people are quitting and looking for better uh, working conditions and opportunities, we might as well unionize everything again. Is this the big push that they're working on? Well, I think that's right. I think they have framed it that way publicly, that this is, you know, this is about, you know, increasing, dramatically increasing the number of union members because everyone's, you know, just dying to get into a union so they can pay union dues in the 23 states that will force them to do so if they get into a union. But here's here's the point. When you look at the workforce participation rate, Andy, you look at the numbers that are coming out. First of all, you miss the jobs number by, what, half? And then they say it's the greatest economy ever. But prior to COVID, we had a 63.5% workforce participation rate. We're still at only 61%. So there's a bunch of workers that are sitting out there. And if you look at it, you know, it used to be that you could say, well, with the COVID relief, the so-called American Rescue Plan and the ARPA for short, um, was paying people to stay home. There's a little bit of that still going on with state unemployment, no question about that. But when you have, you know, student loan forgiveness, you have rental, uh, you know, you, you basically stop rent payments or forcing rent payments or protect people from making rent payments. I mean, there's still that incentive to not to go out and work. And wages are in increasing, but that's a natural phenomenon of a lack of supply. And employers, small businesses have to raise rates to attract people to come. And, you know, I think there's still some of this. When you pump, what, $7 trillion into the economy, I mean, that's what the federal government spent last year, $7 trillion, which is, I think, 
what four trillion dollars of deficit? Well, probably three trillion. I mean, right. these numbers are just—they're—they're they're, you, you don't recognize them. But when you do that, and the government just creates it and creates more debt and puts this pumps this money into the economy, you can expect inflation. No question about that. Um, and then you increase this wage, and then you get the wage price spiral. And one thing that begins to happen is our small businesses begin to collapse because they can't find workers sure. and they can't pay those workers because the the there is a what is the economic theory, Andy? It's called the elasticity of prices. There is elasticity, but at some point the elasticity stretches to the point where it stretches no more, and that's when bad things start to happen. And we're heading in that direction. It feels like we can't. Yeah, we can't sustain what we're doing right now. But yet, on the other side, when you ask the Biden administration about how things are going, it's great. People are spending more money than ever. And oh, by the way, we created more jobs in the first ten months of an administration than ever before. Meaning we let everybody go during COVID, and when they came back, that was apparently job creation. And that's what they're holding up as their 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 success right now. Yeah, that that really is an amazing narrative, and the fact that it gets even the slightest consideration is kind of, I mean, it's scary in a sense, Andy, to your point. I mean, yeah, right, you put everyone out of work, you close down all the businesses except for the essentials, the really big businesses, and everyone else had to stay home, and then all of a sudden when people start going back to work, you call it, you know, creating new jobs. I mean, it's just... You know, we know this. The government and these politicians keep talking about, well, we created these jobs. We created the government didn't create anything. Yeah. Frankly, it's small business people that take the risk that actually create the jobs. I mean, creating an environment where people can create jobs is the right thing to do, and that means less regulation, less taxes. You know, more energy uh, independence. Which I mean, it seems like everything they've touched, Andy, uh, this administration has has basically failed them. I and mean, they just keep moving on because the, the wake of destruction in their behind them is just so dramatic right now. Yeah, that's very true. we got about 30 seconds left. We're talking with Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Work Committee. Real quickly, how many states are you guys in right now with right to work laws, and uh, how was the optimism going into this year? Yeah, we're we're optimistic. I mean, we have 27 states that have passed right to work laws. We've got a couple more states out there where we're working on it, and we think we'll we may get another one or two in 2023. It looks like the 22 cycle is going to be relatively favorable for freedom and liberty. We hope, yeah. and uh, that's what we count on. That's what we count on, Andy. Well, I tell you, I think uh, there's a lot of momentum right now for a lot of people that are wanting some type of laws done to protect us from federal government craziness going on right now. So it's a great opportunity to get stuff into state legislatures across the nation right now. It's Mark Mix, uh, NRTW. .org is the website. Go and check those guys out. Mark, you're one of my favorite guests to have on the show. I love all the insight. Let's get you back on again soon. Great, Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure, my friend, and Happy New Year to you. Always good to talk to you. We'll do that again here real soon. That's Mark Mix, National Right to Work Committee. I'm telling you, try to digest all the information we just threw at you there. We'll do that and break it down when we come back. One more segment left here on a post-Monday celebration on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. 
And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate that. Thanks again to Mark Mix coming on the program, National Right to Work Committee. I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite guests. We have him on the show quite frequently, and he just unloads on information. So let's break some of that down, shall we? When it comes down to it, Democrats are just failing miserably when it comes to economic policy. COVID-19 relief. When you have to try and say that we shut down the economy and closed everybody's businesses down, and then when they came back to work, that is considered job growth and new jobs, that's kind of a pathetic position to be in. I'm just throwing it out there. Every jobs report month by month so far has come out less than what was expected, which means things aren't growing the way they need to. And their response is, well, we need to unionize more. We need to gain more wealth. We need to gain more wages. We need to increase wages. And therefore, uh, yeah, you're going to be and now a part of a union. That's why it's so important for these organizations like the National Right to Work Committee, because those guys actually allow states to pass saying that you can choose an opt-in or opt-out of actually joining a union in that state. I was, I, I've told the story before on the air, but it's been a while. I was in college in Ohio, northwest corner of Ohio, Bowling Green State University, go Falcons. And, well, I mean, I went there two years. I didn't go for the, four, the full four years because <laughs> I was drinking too much adult beverages at that time and realized, hey, you know what? Maybe I should not do a four-year college because this is a little ridiculous, so I'm going to go into broadcasting and went to a radio and TV broadcasting uh, trade school. But while I was there, I was looking for a job because I wanted to make a little money and actually not live off of my student loans, which I ended up doing anyways for the full two years. Out-of-state tuition, living expenses. Man, I just rolled in it. That's why I'm sitting on $60,000 of student loan debt right now. It was up to eighty. I paid off a lot of it. It was up to eighty, but by golly, we're checking away. And it really wasn't that much at the beginning. It was that much because once I got out, I kept deferring them back and forth and would pay on one for a while, then would defer it to pay on the other one for a while, then would defer that to pay on the one that just came back for a while. And I bounced back and forth and the interest just kind of built up to where it was. But nonetheless, we're paying that sucker off because that's what you have to do to be a little more free and independent and not having debt lingering over you. Good news is that's the only debt that I have left. Outside of that, didn't mean to go on a side track there. When I was there and I was looking for jobs, 
I was applying for a few different positions, and uh, everybody was saying, well, yeah, you just apply and work at, like, UPS. You can work on there overnight. You can go to class during the day. You can do that in the evenings, and it's all great. So I applied, and I was in Ohio applying for UPS, and they said, oh, by the way, after the whole interview, it was all great and dandy, okay, whatever. Then they said, by the way, you have to join the union. I said, really, I have to, or I could just choose? No, 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 you have to join the union. So I got up and walked out of the interview. Wasn't going to do it. Principle over the matter. I would rather sit in debt a little bit longer than to work for a unionized place. Now, that's, again, personal preference. A lot of people enjoy the union, but you don't have to. And it's caused a lot of issues in the market. There was a purpose, in my opinion, for unions back in the day. But now we just don't trust anybody, including organizations. Which organizations like unions, now they don't have as much of a purpose because they've set uh, rates higher than what the market has valued certain positions to be in. They have fought businesses and companies on better uh, benefits and wages and stuff, which is good to a degree. But when it markets them outside of the marketplace to where now it's unfavorable for the business to even have these people, that's when you get shipping businesses overseas. That's when you get shipping jobs or shipping manufacturing or doing other stuff or just automating the place because they can't afford what the unions have set sucked out of the private economy and we're sick of it that's why we see a five-point advantage right now for republicans against this groupthink mentality remember unions are nothing more than a groupthink mentality i don't have the power individually to make my own decision or to find the best deal for myself so i have to do it through an organization or through a group power which to a degree is true not in the work sense but in other areas that's why we join political parties we join political parties to have a group of a power to have a louder voice with a little bit of money behind it to actually make our political point. Although people are upset with those right now as well, according to the Gallup poll that still says we have a five-point advantage in Republicans, they're also saying that there is now the largest percentage of individuals in U.S. adults that are political independents. And I would say, just speaking out loud here, just between you and I, you know, the intimate moment that we have on the radio together, I would say that there's a large percentage of independents because the majority of them are probably limited government, conservative, libertarian-minded individuals who are sick of the party doing really, really stupid things. There is not a single person that says, oh, yes, government, please give it to me again. I love your social programs. I love you taking care of me nonstop. I love having zero freedoms and you just handing everything to me on a silver platter and not having to think for myself where I just gorge myself and become completely incapable of making decisions for myself. Thank you so much. Hit me again. There's very few, except for the crazy radical left-wing AOC types out there that actually like that. 90% 90% of the country would disagree with that, which means the vast majority of independents would agree with conservative Republican ideals if the Republican Party wouldn't turn them away. Which, again, goes back to how are we going to screw this up? Let's not do that. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's bring them back to the party. Let's make them vote Republican, even if they are registered independents, and let's make something happen that really shakes up the Democrat Party. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice Reason. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. 
Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.